Welcome to SVCC Weekly, a weekly podcast from Sangamon Valley Christian Center in Muhammad, Illinois. We hope you enjoy this message from our church, and be sure to check us out online at www.sangamonvalley.net. Hello, SVCC Weekly listeners. This week, we are going to give you a summary of the sermon instead of replaying the sermon from this past Sunday. The sermon this last Sunday was on purity. We looked at Leviticus chapters 11 through 14 and considered what does God have to say about purity. In these chapters, if you would read through them, you would see God gives instructions to Israel about clean and unclean food, purification after the birth of a child, what to do if you have a skin disease, what to do if you find mildew in your house. I think as you read through these verses on purity, we begin to see three clear things about purity, really three things that help us to understand what God is saying about purity. The first is this. He's telling Israel, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. See, food is an expression of identity. They're to be identified by what type of food they eat. Today, if you go into a Costco, you go into a grocery store, you may find a brand of hot dogs called Hebrew Nationals. These, these hot dogs are very good. These are the hot dogs that maybe you have over a wiener roast. Maybe you have on the grill. Maybe you just cook to go with your macaroni and cheese. But when you buy Hebrew Nationals, you know that these are good hot dogs that don't have a mixture of who knows what kind of meat in it. These hot dogs are hot dogs that are called kosher. Kosher is a term used to describe the food that Israel eats, the food that God gave instruction for all the way back in Leviticus. See, you are what you eat because food is an expression of identity. It's food that is ethnic food. Ethnic food, it describes a group of people. We have Mexican food. We have Italian food. We have Asian food. If I say Italian food or Italian, since I am in Illinois, uh-huh, sorry, bad joke. But you have Italian food, spaghetti, meatballs, pizza. You, you identify a group of people by this food. Asian food, you have rice probably associated with that type of food. Mexican food, you're probably thinking of Taco Tuesday. Although, let's be honest, tacos are good every day of the week. See, food is an expression of identity. You are what you eat. Their food was to set them apart, make them distinct. The food that's laid out here is described as clean and unclean food. Leviticus goes back and forth with those terms, clean and unclean. And sometimes we think clean means good, unclean means bad. Unclean doesn't necessarily mean bad. John Golden Gay says it really means mysterious, extraordinary, perplexing, worrisome about something. He says the best term to describe all this is probably taboo, in part because the Jewish thinking even includes this word taboo on the scriptures themselves, that the scriptures are taboo because they're mysterious, they're extraordinary, they're perplexing, they're worrisome at points. See, when we think about purity, First have to grasp that they were to be distinct, set apart, pure by what they ate. When we think about purity, we also have to read what it says in Leviticus 11.44, that God says, look, be holy, for I am holy. Well, what does it mean to be holy? Well, holiness means being different, being set 
apart. See, Israel is called to point toward God by being different, by being set apart, even in what they ate, even by how they lived. They didn't live separately from other people, but they were to be distinct among other people. Today, we wrestle with that as Christians. We use the term, we're in the world, but not of the world. It's actually quoting scripture when we say that. How do we live in the world, but yet not of the world? Israel had that same struggle. I don't know if they actually ever did it well, but you and I, at least today, have the power of the Holy Spirit to help us do it well. Holy Spirit that, yes, Israel had, but today the Holy Spirit is inside every believer. So you are what you eat. Be holy, for I am holy. But the third thing that helps us understand purity is the value of life. See, he was giving instruction for childbirth. Because, see, the loss of blood in childbirth suggests death. And yet, at the same time in birth, it also means the giving of life. See, childbirth has both those elements. The possibility even of death, losing the life of the baby, losing the life of the mother. Those are tragic events. We, we probably each know somebody that has lost their life or has lost a baby. It's because there's the possibility of death, and yet there's the possibility of the miracle of life. It's also interesting in this section of scripture that when a woman has a boy, she's not to enter the sanctuary for a period of time. And then when she has a girl, that time doubles. It's twice as long as a boy. Why? Are girls more special than boys? Well, in some ways, yes, because in the girls, they also have the ability to one day produce life as well. So therefore, I believe it takes twice as long before they enter the sanctuary to say, look, girls are the ones that bring forth life. It takes twice as long before the mother can enter the sanctuary after having a girl because now the possibility for life. See, there's a distinguishing here in the valuing of life. It's also as it moves on and talks about skin diseases, these skin diseases maybe made someone look like they were the walking dead. They were to distinguish between life and death. It doesn't mean that this skin disease came on because of sin. It doesn't mean that they were to reject people because of maybe a disability. In fact, God writes and says, do not do that. And yet when there's this disease that over time can, can be healed, can be cured, they're to be separate from the rest of the community when they look like this death with the scaliness on their skin, the distinguished life from death. Why? Because we need to value life. Why do we need to value life? Because our God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, is the God of life, the living God, and therefore the need for distinguishing between life and death. See, purity, as we see it here in the book of Leviticus in chapters 11 through 14, as we look at you are what you eat, God's instruction, be holy for I am holy. So we look at the value of life that God is putting into their society to point towards him. We see that purity means that they are called to point to the God who is holy. Unlike other gods who are dead, the gods of the Egyptians where they had just come from, Yahweh, their God, is the God of the living. I think as we reflect on these these points, it brings us to some discussion questions. I think if we look at what happens in Acts, we, we see that, okay, there's this food code that was given to the Israelites that they were to be distinct among the people. And yet now in the book of Acts and the forming of the church, the church is to be distinct, not because they eat the same way, but because they no longer eat that way. 
that the food code is really done away with. There's a few instructions given for it, but in general, the large amount of instructions are done away with. There's other instructions in the New Testament. We have to now consider what, what does it mean for the food being clean or unclean? We also have to consider in what ways does our conduct, my conduct, your conduct, point to God. First Peter 1.15, Peter says we need to have a holy conduct because of what God wrote to Israel. He said, be holy, for I am holy, that we still are to have a holy conduct. What does that mean? There's less probably specific instructions in the New Testament than the Old Testament. And yet in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is to be inside every believer, every single one of us, which enables us to live life now in a holy way to have a holy conduct. I think there's a difference in a holy conduct that is unique for each believer. There's some very broad instructions in the New Testament as far as conduct is concerned. One of the biggest is that of sexual purity. And yet there are other ways our conduct needs to be holy, needs to be distinct, needs to be different, needs to be set apart. Our conduct as believers needs to be first off what is in the New Testament, what were the instructions given to the New Testament church. But then we also need to be obedient to how the Holy Spirit may direct us as individuals. Now, when he directs us as individuals, we need to see that there's a difference. We can't go in and wag our finger in somebody's face and say, no, 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 you aren't supposed to behave that way because the Holy Spirit has instructed us to live a certain way. We need to see the difference between, okay, what is in Scripture and how God has called the New Testament church to live? And how is the Holy Spirit directing me to live as an individual? We also can discuss that in Leviticus, a purification offering after the skin disease was healed, was cured, gave an assurance that they were okay. They could now come into the to the tabernacle, into the sanctuary, make a purification offering. It was assurance that you are okay. Well, in the New Testament, we also have to see what is our assurance that we truly are purified from all evil, that we truly are made holy, and yet we're called to live with holy conduct, but we've already been made holy. We've already been made pure. What is our assurance of that? Well, the assurance, the guarantee of your salvation, that Jesus has saved you from the punishment due you of your sins, that all humanity is sinful and needs a Savior. For those that have recognized what Jesus did for them at the cross, Scripture tells us the guarantee is given. The guarantee is the Holy Spirit coming and living inside of us, making us a new creation. And then hopefully we all come to the realization that we need empowered by the Holy Spirit for the life that God has also called us to live and to share with others. Will you join me as I conclude in prayer? Holy Spirit, come and, and live inside each one of us. If there are any listening that have not acknowledged that you are the Savior, Jesus, that you came from heaven to earth, that you lived a sinless life, that you died on the cross sinless for each one of us and rose again victorious, ascended to the right hand of the Father where you are waiting and will one day come back for your people. Lord, that we would put our faith, our hope in what you did and what you are going to do in coming back for us. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to SBCC Weekly. We hope you'll subscribe to this podcast as well as give us a like. You can visit us again online at www.sangamonvalley.net.